Oh wait, no longer greatness has arrived. Welcome to the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players. I'm your host, Joseph, a.k.a. Mr. Badbit, and it is here where me and my best friend Kyle talk about the latest, the greatest in all things PlayStation. Of course, you can listen to this show wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube at the Trophy Room Show. And if you like what you hear, please consider dropping us a five-star review over at Apple Podcasts. You could plop us a follow over on Spotify, or you could even toss us a buck our way over at patreon.com slash PS Trophy Room. So with all that said, and with all that out of the way, the greatest co-host, whoever is, whoever will be, Mr. Kyle Stevenson. How are you, sir? Doing pretty fantastic yeah. right in this very moment. Dude, it's been a minute. It feels, it feels like, like it. it's been longer than what it actually has been. When right? did we... Re- the Friday. show was last week? Yep, Friday. Wow. <laughs> I had anxiety about that show, Kyle. Can I be honest? Why? Because I think I was way too harsh throughout my tone throughout that whole entire episode. Mm. You know, because in truth, I, I think in the beginning... And I think as that episode goes on, I feel like I get better and better. You remain as amazing as usual. But me, I'm just like, I'm a sourpuss. I didn't get my blood born to. And, <laughs> and I'm like, like, honest to goodness, walking out of that show a few days removed, I find myself liking it more and more as time goes on. Because yeah. I'm like, there are some actually really good games here that were mm-hmm. shown off. There's just the problem with a lot of them are super far away or just like have no date, you know? Yeah. So like I'm left in this place of like, yeah, it's a solid B of a show, you know? Yeah. I think it was really good, really solid. Um, that said, Kyle, we yeah. do have a question. I wanted to open the show with a Ooh. question okay? because this week we are talking about the major PS5 uh, UI upgrade is here, allowing you to expand your storage. We're going to be talking about God of War Ragnarok in uh, its fiery pushback we're going to be talking about the fire sprite acquisition and how it could lead to a horizon zero vr game and of course our death loop review and so much more but before we get into it an opening question for the show comes from the good sir now i want to apologize to the viewers he has some profanity here what i consider profanity but i am going to say this as they were in it all right Now that we finally got a pretty decent PS5 showcase for 2021, my question is your holy grail banger, or sorry, what is your holy grail banger PlayStation reveal? Something that would statistically could happen, but in reality, probably never will. For me personally, it's Dark Cloud 3, one of my favorite series of all time and a way ahead of its time. I would lose my mind if they ever revealed a third game kyle what was that announcement that you wanted to see but didn't Uh, i'm trying to think of a a new one because i'm tired of saying resistance (laughs) i'm tired of saying it and then thinking it can happen and then being let down so like it's funny you say how you thought you were a sourpuss on the show which i don't think you were you're being level-headed you it was fantastic uh but like that's been me for every showcase because <laughs> you've been getting everything you've wanted and I haven't gotten sure. one of my dreams yet. That's so true. it's I'm kind of tired of saying resistance. Honestly, the thing that could happen that I would love. Mm. Don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Speak to me. Final Fantasy VIII remake. Ooh. Eight is one of my favorite Final Fantasies, favorite RPG just mm-hmm. in general. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I actually bought the physical version. Hold on. Oh, oh, you getting it on okay. Amazon the other day because wow. I love this case and I love this game so much that I had to have it, uh, even though I have it digitally. Yeah, I just I feel like that game is overlooked by its mm. unique systems. Uh, with the guarding forces and the junctioning and whatnot, I think it's super rad. The characters are really, really awesome. That would be a dream that mm. could statistically happen, seeing mm. Seven's, uh, you know, success in the yeah. first part of the remake. But I just, I feel like they're probably that's like the last on their minds. I get it. I get it. Yeah. For me, I'm thinking, what would I mean? Like, obviously. The easy answer is Bloodborne, right? Like, yeah. I'll even take the the sixty FPS remake, whatever they call it's it. It's a patch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, honestly, for me, yeah, I'm I'm thinking Siphon Filter would be really, that would be really fun. Yeah. Like Siphon Filter is a game that I don't feel like ever gets enough praise, and I think when I think of Bend Studios with Days Gone, I always think they should have just made a siphon filter. In the age where, like, people are dying for Ubisoft to do, um, what you call it? Uh, Splinter Cell. Splinter Cell. Espionage. You know, people are dying for that. I think siphon filter is a great way to kind of try to reinvigorate that genre of of, of game like series. Like spy games. Yeah, yeah. dude. I, rem- I love Cypher Filter. I remember that game on like PS1, the jewel case was like four discs. Yeah. I, I miss those, man. I miss I remember those playing discs upon discs. That first one on, I think it was like on a Pizza Hut demo disc or something, mm. or PlayStation Underground demo disc. And it was the subway level. I think it's like one of the first ones. Yep. And I can still remember the big green rectangle aiming system the reticle and just like i haven't played it since that time but just after we're we've lived through now we're at ps5 and obviously everything has been updated and feels much better how weird and awkward it would be to aim with that giant green rectangle absolutely in a game Uh, it just i remember gabe's run being super (laughs) awkward and like (laughs) slow-mo when you think about it that game is special and it's it's a it's a IP that I think would be a winner for PlayStation if they ever brought it back. Absolutely, absolutely, and I hope they do. I I you know we're gonna talk about it a little later in the show, Twisted Metal, and apparently that is gonna get a game alongside a TV show. I really want PlayStation to re-explore and re-examine some of these dormant IP that I really think in now today's day and age, I think could really be something. Again, at least give yeah. them a, the good college try. But yeah, that's that's what I would have wanted to see. The oh my god, are they doing it? Oh my god, yes they are. Yeah, uh, I, I'm with you. I want them to go back to the PS1, PS2 era, mm-hmm. and see what kind of exclusive things that they had in that era of time that could be remade and brought and be better than what it first was. Like I think of another game like The Bouncer, which was real bad. But it had a lot of promise, mm-hmm. and, and and like things like like Freedom Fighters. I realized that wasn't an exclusive, but I love that game. From I believe that was an EA game. Yeah, and like of course SSX games and EA Big, and there's there's a lot of really old school games. Brave Friends from Musashi, Star Ocean: The Second Story, which is my favorite RPG of all time. Mm-hmm. There's so many things back then that I can bring back. It's that's where the gold mine is. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And with that, Kyle. 
Before we square up the news, before we even start the show fully, I want to thank our patrons over at patreon.com slash PS Trophy Room. It's the old adage. If you ever got you through a long car ride, a tough day at work, whatever the case may be, it really does help us out if you toss us a buck our way over at patreon.com slash PS Trophy Room. I want to thank our newest members, Steve Rodriguez, and our gold member, uh, Brad Presnell, and if I mispronounce your name, my apologies, uh, our platinum producers, Todd Burwitz and Too Soon, our gold producers, Chaotic Monkey, Gavin Gottfried, Jose Jimenez, Jedi Master, and Metal Kirby, Robbie Bobby Miller himself, our Silver Plus members, Hide Indoors, Naka Chaka, Marcus O'Neill, oh, it's just Ray, JB the Purple Monkey, Jadus Von Metal, Tim Ulf, Justin Rodriguez, Awesome Dave, Cypher Primus, Captain Logan, Todd Roper, and Mr. and Mrs. Nasty Boots. Thank you all so much for helping this show out. And literally, like, we are getting new equipment right now to make us sound better. It's all because of your generosity over at patreon.com slash PS Trophy Room. And alongside that, I got my first check at work today, Kyle. My first grown-up check. Hell yes. <laughs> since the Global Panorama. Thank you. And I want to waste $40 immediately of that we're doing a uh apple five star review giveaway it ends on monday we are giving away a copy of kina to the lucky person who gives us a five star review leaves their at on twitter in the review itself and you get entered in to win a copy of kina a bridge of spirits we're really excited about this game so much so that we're giving a copy away so make sure y'all do that because we're days away statistically you have until friday to do it so yeah. make sure you drop I, that five star i broke some uh, some guy's heart at gamestop yesterday why why uh well i went in to pick up my death loop pre-order which they screwed up and i won't have it for another couple days so real, uh, real sad uh, but there was a guy at the other registers like yes i'd like to pre-order kana i go oh buddy uh, i'm sorry but it's not physically it's it's a digital only thing he goes what how why how much is it like ten dollars like no it's like it's 40 he goes oh man i hope it's really long actually they said that you can beat it over a weekend so it's not gonna be super i goes oh man all right give me nba <laughs> and just i was like oh man i'm sorry <laughs> the duality of gamer <laughs> yeah you could buy actual art or nba which isn't that good spoiler alert <laughs> spoiler alert indeed kyle it is time Time to square up the news. Uh, the first bit of news that's square, being squared up is from Chandler Wood over at PS Lifestyle. PS5 system software update launches tomorrow. If you're listening to this, it's already happened. Woo-woo. Here's the big changes. The PS5 UX and enhancements the ps5 september update features new ux enhancements that make it easier than ever for players to view personalize and manage their game content and console experience the control center customization players can now customize their control center more freely by rearranging or choosing which controls to hide or unhide at the bottom of the screen enhanced game base players can now easily view and write messages to friends and parties directly from game base in the control center while viewing game base in full screen, players can also see how many of their friends are online, busy or offline, as well as accept, decline, or cancel multiple friend requests at once. Game library and home screen updates. If you have PS4 and PS5 versions of the same game installed, the now appear separately in the install tab of the game library and on the home screen. Each game's tile now also clearly indicates its platform. 
screen reader controls. Players can now pause or resume screen reader, press PS button plus triangle at the same time, and have it repeat anything it reads. Press the PS button and R1 button at the same time. Uh, 3D audio support for built-in TV speakers. The M.2 SSD storage expansion starting now. PS5 players around the globe can expand their storage capacity with an M.2 SSD, a type of high-speed solid-state drive that can be installed in the PS5 console or PS5 digital edition console. Once installed in the PS5 or PS5 Digital Edition console, M.2 SSD storage can be used to download, copy, and launch PS5 and PS4 games, as well as media apps. You can play PS5 and PS4 games directly from the M.2 SSD storage and freely move the games between storage options. Important. M.2 SSDs must meet the minimum performance and size requirements. Using an M.2 SSD also requires effective heat dissipation with a cooling structure, such as a heat sink, that meets the dimensional requirements. PS Remote Play app over mobile networks on September 23rd, and view share screen broadcasts on PS app and more. Whole lot of stuff there, and there's even more little like secret things that they didn't include in the notes. Like you can hide yeah. the screen cap button, which I would like instead of hiding it, just give me like, okay, you took a screenshot, it only lasts for a second because sometimes it lingers, and I don't like it. Yeah, and um, trophies, of course, they're now vertical. Thank God. Yes, that's the, I think the biggest thing that it's a shock that it's not on this <laughs> list. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Yeah. Vertical trophy list. Oh my god! What were they thinking when they did it horizontally? <laughs> <laughs> so much better. So much better. Uh, that said, I, I do want to note here for the ex- the storage expansion. It's time to get your you know University of Phoenix degrees in mm-hmm. engineering to put this SSD thing yes. into your uh, console. Very easy. Takes less than three minutes. We have a video step by step over on our YouTube channel of what you need, what the right size of SSD you need, the the installation, and then also just a walkthrough of the OS itself. We literally cover all of it over at the Trophy Room uh, YouTube channel. That being said, Kyle, we do have a question from Tall Twits. They write, I've just up." updated my PlayStation 5 system software and my PS Remote Play app. I was very excited at the possibility of using the app over mobile data. The app doesn't seem to be working. It will launch the PlayStation 5 for rest mode, which is super rad. I added that part in. I'm uh, I'm presented with an error on each occasion and the app just reverts back to the welcome screen. Am I putting too much hope into Remote Play? First off, Taltwits. That comes in about a week. That'll come yeah. on the 23rd. But mm-hmm. to answer your question, yes, you we were putting way too much hope into remote play. Because um, remote play barely worked in the house for me. Yeah. You know? Um, I like the idea of remote play. But I just don't feel like it's there yet. I think it's years out, to be honest. Um, that being said, Kyle, you mm-hmm. know, there's a lot of awesome enhancements here what is your favorite one what is the one you think you're going to be actually using out of all these um well i can't afford a ssd at the current moment so that's not gonna there. happen for a while uh even though like i've said on the show many many times where i don't it's not a huge deal for me because i'll just delete it and put the disc back in when i need it but yeah. as somebody who did pick up nba 2k 
Um, and that game base alone before patches is 115 gigs. Oh my God. It's pretty bad. And I would love to just have an SSD to kind of store all my big games and keep the smaller ones, like actually on the PS five itself. Fair. Um, so, I mean, that's super cool. Uh, we talked briefly about trophies. I have not dove into or dived in. It's one of the yeah into using the trophy tracking thing, which I Mm. is something that when they first unveiled that wasn't going to be a thing, was super exciting. So uh, hopefully by next week I'll have a little bit more of that kind of Mm -hmm. update on how that works. But the cool thing is actually is the customization of the control center. Same, I was gonna say the same thing. Yeah, the fact it wasn't a huge deal for me. Because I just got used to it, right? Oh, you're gonna say the same I thing can, I was gonna say. The Go fact that I can do move the power button all the way to the first spot God bless. is a game changer. God bless. <laughs> it's about in, the a, in addition to yeah. uh, my profile too. Yes. So I, you can I can access my trophies quicker there as well instead of going to the top of the main screen on yeah. the PS5. Because I remember, you know, on the PlayStation Four, is it was PlayStation button, PlayStation button. You know, X. Left. Yeah, it was it was like PS1, left, down three, over like it, it used to be ingrained. Point. Yeah. It's been a it's been a while. Yeah, so now it's it doesn't take seven button presses, it literally just takes two to turn off the machine, which is also great. the cool the cool thing, I don't know if you noticed that mm. I don't know if it's just a my brain deceiving me. A lot of my games, they're the tiles the logos have changed right yes and, and so i'm like oh man that's really cool game that i can't really talk about yet for another few weeks Ooh. that's a cool new tile yes. or like um uh what's the other one that just did it oh my god like oh like, lost in random right yes. like it was like a very compressed image of the cover now it's the super cool lr letters mm-hmm. as the tiles like oh man that looks real sleek i yeah. love that It'll straight up tell you what version. I know this is shocking. <laughs> to some. It'll actually tell you the version you're downloading, and it'll actually present you with two options if it's a PS4 and PS5 version. It'll actually tell you bold font. You can't if if it's if you screw up, it's actually on you for this this one. So that is actually the biggest change. The one that you're going to visually notice right off the bat is yeah. when you're playing a PlayStation 5 game, like the game we could talk about, definitely. Uh, it'll say at the bottom, PS5. And then if I'm playing the PlayStation 4 version of Miles, it'll say right there on the lower third, PS4. And so you know what version of game you're playing. And I think that is very helpful. And for me, this is this is the UI I think that should have been out at launch. And I think what should have was going to be the case if we didn't enter the dark period that is this global panorama that we live in. So this is really awesome stuff. I'm really happy that other people are experiencing what I've experienced for the past few weeks, because it really is just such a great quality of life push from PlayStation. So I really appreciate it for sure. There was also a update to the dual senses as well. Right. I don't know. And I'm trying I'm trying to do a quick Google search to see what that was about. Oh. Okay, I know why. Because right here, 3D audio support for built-in TVs. So the 3D audio, first off, don't do it on TVs. Don't do it. Do, I'd be if you have a sound bar, 
I'd be very interested or like a surround sound setup. I'd be very interested right into the show, what your experiences are. But with the TV sound, it just sounds very muffled. It sounds very tunnely even, but what it essentially does is it'll make this very obnoxious and loud ping noise, your TV and the mic in your dual sense will read that ping and no, and it'll tell the TV where you're mm. positioned. So it'll okay. give you that 3D audio effect. But again, okay. I don't like the 3D audio. Just do headphones. Sure. Right? Just do it. Trust me. They're fantastic. So that said, very awesome update. Great to see. Love to see it. Let's get to the next story on the list, though. Let's do it. Uh, if I can find my spot. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Coming over at Game Rant uh, mm-hmm. from the author... Patrick Young, it's totally fine. Patrick Young over Game Right writes, God of War Ragnarok writer addresses Agrabota controversy. Santa Monica Studios' God of War Ragnarok has generated a lot of buzz since this trailer at the PlayStation Showcase 2021. Not all the conversations surrounding Ragnarok have been considerate, though, especially those about the character Agrabota leading one writer to make a stand. They are depicted as a young black woman in Ragnarok's trailer. Angrabota's design quickly angered a vocal minority, complaining the developers brought, quote, politics, unquote, into the game and that it was inaccurately portraying Norse mythology. Matt Sophos, a writer at Santa Monica Studio, addressed the Angrabota controversy on Twitter. In a long thread, Sophos systematically responds to the variety of comments about Angrabota they have heard since revealing the character. At the statement, you cave to outside pressure. Sophos bluntly retorts, quote, I can count on two fingers the number of notes we've gotten for story changes to 2018 and God of War Ragnarok combined. This was not one of them. And in response to you made it political, Sophos asserts that, quote, writing is always political. It's just usually only called that if the politics aren't agreed with, end quote. He continues, quote, it's not accurate to Norse mythology doesn't respect the culture, end quote. Who boy. Uh, This is his quote. Who boy. The big one. Let me start with this. God of War is our interpretation of mythology, not history, Norse or Greek. We tell a personal story with the backdrop of gods, giants, etc. through our lens. Brock, a legendary dwarven blacksmith we made blue and talks like a foul-mouthed Texas prospector. Sindri, another legendary dwarven blacksmith who we made grayish, germophobic, and knows about bacteria, quote, tiny beasties. Mimir, rooted in Norse mythology, in God of War, he's Scottish. Mimir is the name he took when coming to Midgard, and we tied him to a character from English folklore, and specifically from one of Shakespeare's plays. Need I say more? Now, here's the funny thing. As the cricket goes off in the back, Kyle... I just heard it, and I muted it. That's... <laughs> it, sound, it sounds like the one person's like, You made it political. How dare you, sir? <laughs> With that said, Kyle... Um, I have, I'm bummed out that this was such a big deal. And I do love how Sophos just quickly takes all those comments because there's a, literally, I saw them too. It wasn't like it was, this is, you know, nothing. It's like, I saw people actually upset. They're going, oh, wow. They actually put a black chick in here. Why? It's, it's Norse mythology. And it's like, I love what he says. Like, dude, Mimir is Scottish. There is a dwarf guy that talks like he's a Texan. And and Sindri, who's a germaphobic. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> what what are we upset about here? 
It's not political. It's just literally their interpretation of Greek mythology. Look, you know, uh, Atreus is a great example of a character that talks like he's really like American accent mm-hmm. almost, right? Like it's an it's it's a it's a accent that I could ap- absolutely identify with. None, none of this, if you really want to think hard about it, makes a lot of sense in I mean- mythology. But. And also to contrast that with, with something else that was going on about Ragnarok with yeah. with the look of Thor yeah. and how people are like, oh, Thor's too fat. Why is he so fat? Why is he so big? And you can't say that you are angry that Angraboda is a black woman in this game and be angry and that they're not sticking to North myth- Norse mythology. But when you make Thor overweight, like he is depicted in Norse mythology as a powerful, big bulking hulking man yeah. uh, and weighty it 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 just like goes again it contradicts what you're saying yes. yeah it just it's annoying <laughs> it really is and i really hate when people are like you made it political how did you i really hate that statement it's like you made it political yeah most story all stories are political yeah everybody has a like you're literally the writer is writing th- from a personal view that is impacted by the way they see or interpret the world. Is that not in itself a political uh, or, or a political ideology? Is how we see the world and how it should operate? Yeah, is it politics just like a morality? Yes. Case anyway. Yeah. So for me, it's it's really annoying, and I know even that comment is going to get people in the comments going, "You, Joe, you kidding? You never written anything." It's like I really, I really hate that. I really hate when people like you made it political. How? It's yeah. just like you just added a person of color. That's it. That's what you're upset about. What about mm-hmm. Namir? You know? Yeah. Like, what about Sindri? What about even Kratos himself? Like, they're just. Yeah. Let's not talk about Kratos, who came from Greek mythology, but is now existing in <laughs> Norse mythology. Yeah. Let's just overlook that. Absolutely. And the politics that play in that lore as well. So to me, it's just a lot of people that are angry because, you know, they got racial issues and they're discussing people. I really didn't like it. I, I loved uh, I'm going to butcher her name. Anger Boda. Anger Boda's uh, character model. She looked Absolutely. amazing. And amazing. just her hair alone, just to mm-hmm. know how much work went into it. That's awesome. As so an uncle to three half black nieces mm-hmm. uh it's very cool to see black hair being depicted in such an amazing way yeah it and, looks so good and so th- it comes from uh who's writing it right now ugly robber and you know what no 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 you're a beautiful goddamn robber okay they write why do you think people enjoy nitpicking certain things to hate from the upcoming games instead of being psyched to play them for example the upcoming god of war people are attacking the game for reusing assets and having a fat thor rather than uh being excited to jump back into the world and that's an excellent question i think it's just truly people want to be miserable at the end of the day they love it Kyle, my question for you, did you see the the people outrage or the one person, let's be honest, about the 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 way reusing assets? Yeah, reusing the way Kratos gets back into the boat. What a what a stupid stupid thing. It's yeah. ridiculous. Why does that bother you? Why does <laughs> that know. bother you? Like when you it's like being upset over like, you know, 
for example, MLB The Show, they're swinging the bat the same way they have for the last decade. Right. Or, like, they open up the door in GTA to steal a car the same way in every game. <laughs> they pull yeah. out the people from the car the same way. How yeah. dare they? Like, it's just so such a nitpicky thing where people are really just... I feel like they have nothing better to do. Yes. And I feel like they are so... In their own... World? Shit? World? Okay. <laughs> like, they're, they're, they're so, like involved and think that their shit don't stink yeah like the nothing yeah the the one person complaining about that is what the kids call an x-bot right they're like i got like the phil spencer emoji as my banner or whatever Mm -hmm. and i love how there are like devs from xbox going to this guy calling him a loser like it's awesome it's like this this is this is like the same thing over well was it Halo where people were upset you couldn't shoot the oranges or something? Yes. <laughs> it's the same yes. freaking thing. Stop. You're not going to do that. You're not going to notice it. You're just no. going to get in a boat and go. What does it matter? It, nothing. It doesn't. It's just a single player narrative game. You're I there know. for the story. You're there for the, the No, action. I'm there of how I get in. You're the there to hop in. You're there for hopping in canoes and whatnot? Yeah, that's that's All where right. the game peaked for me. I do. I mean, yeah. there are some great moments in that boat. I think it's people wanting to ruin other people's excitement or love for a thing, and Absolutely. I really hate that so much. I hate when I see it with the, the the Sony ponies, as they call them, attack the Xbox people when they're excited for a thing. Vice versa. I really don't like that. Absolutely, it's games. It's not that serious. Settle down. Then you have the Nintendo kids over in the corner. They're just excited. World. They got Bluetooth. <laughs> they're good. They're good. <laughs> they're just excited to be there, man. <laughs> Yeah. With that, listen, let's get excited because this next story. I do. Can can we just take a moment real quick? Just for me personally, I feel so happy Mm. that Thor is of a bigger build. Oh, yeah. Um, Because so often in games, big people that look like me are usually the comic relief or used for grotesque shock value yeah like i think of the merchant re village yeah and and to see a bigger body uh overweight powerful god in thor in ragnarok that just makes my heart smile yeah and i'm i'm very very happy to 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 break open that door or push it open a little bit and try to break that stigma of fat equals less than Yes. Or fat equals like weak and ugly and, and whatnot mm-hmm. like that. It makes me happy that he is a powerful ass dude. And just because he's big does not mean he's any less than, you know, what I mean? than any other characters. I no. Yeah. That. And honestly, I, I big shout out to the Santa Monica devs who have been working on this game tirelessly, finally getting to talk about this game, share their love for this game is something to really admire. They've, you know, these are, artists whether they're writers whether it's the you know people that are making the grass or the skybox these are people that are the best in class working on something that they love so very much that they're passionate that they believe in and awesome congratulations to the team yeah i highly recommend you if you have like 10 minutes and you're looking for something to watch about God of War Ragnarok and the reveal trailer, mm-hmm. go look up Alana Pierce on YouTube and watch her video of her live reacting to the trailer for the first time. She is a writer for Sony Santa, Santa Monica. She used to work at IGN and Funhouse. Mm-hmm. T- terrific human being. And just to see how overwhelmed with happiness 
that she she was talking about in her video. It's very, very awesome. But she was like, I feel like I know these people and they're just video game characters because how she gets to work on something she truly loves. Like Mm -hmm. it's very, very, very cool. And I hope I'm sure that's the same reaction the entire dev team had when that thing was first unveiled. Like it was pretty amazing. Yeah. With that, Kyle, let's get into the next story on the list. Uh, Tomas Frances, sorry, Tomas, if I said your last name wrong, over at Inverse writes, Fire Sprite job listings reveal four exciting games from Sony's newest studio. On September 8th, 2021, head of PlayStation Studios Herman Hulse confirmed that Sony Interactive Entertainment had acquired Liverpool-based developer Fire Sprite. This followed the Housemark and Nixus acquisitions in July. Fire Sprite has more than 250 employees and is known for games like The Persistence, Run Sackboy Run, and the Playroom series. Sony has a strong relationship with Fire Sprite, but the developer isn't as widely known as a studio such as Housemark, which made Returnal. Fire Sprite also didn't show anything at the September 9th PlayStation Showcase, so Sony's plans for the studio are a mystery, but it must be something big, right? After digging through the various job listings on Fire Sprite's website, along with some leaks, we've turned up four games or game genres the studio is currently working on. Leaker Special underscore Nick. Oh, Nick. I don't think I like that name very much. Claimed Fire Sprite is working on a VR game set in the universe of Horizon Zero Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West. A since-edited job listing for senior development manager corroborated this leak with a very telling description, emphasis added, quote, We're looking for a senior development manager to assist with all aspects of planning and delivery on a VR action-adventure project adapted from one of the most original and successful multi-million selling console IP in the last 10 years. This is an exceptionally exciting project, partnering with the IP holder to create a whole new chapter in the exciting and highly original universe they have established, utilizing the full immersive capabilities in VR to build a new narrative for fans and newcomers alike, end quote. Several job listings also indicate that Fire Sprite is developing a dark story-driven narrative adventure game. Quote, This huge, highly ambitious partnership project takes atmosphere, storytelling, player agency, and narrative firmly into groundbreaking territory on next-generation hardware technologies. This project has AAA ambitions with a heavy focus on art, animation, and delivering unique character performances to heighten player presence and immersion to new levels. End quote. The project will fill a considerable gap in Sony's lineup, as it has always struggled with multiplayer games. The development manager job listing confirms it will be a new IP. Quote, the project is a huge multi-platform next generation action shooter experience with a heavy focus on games as a service, looking to bring unique mechanics and a bombastic tone to blow the doors off and bring something new to the genre. End quote. Fire Sprite is also looking for a senior system and economy designer, and that description asks for experience with, quote, free-to-play economy design, end quote, suggesting that this game could be free-to-play. It would also be a chance for Fire Sprite to experiment with the PS5's technology, which both Hulst and Anchors touch on in their GamesIndustry.biz interview. A whole lot here, but Fire Sprite is a team of over 200. Over 200 people. Uh, they are hiring for 50 plus more. So this is a huge team. And you can see, Kyle, they haven't really worked on like much. Now, there are a lot of ex-PlayStation people here. Like the folks that made uh, Wipeout are in this studio. So they do have a foundation and a relationship 
with PlayStation. And so that said, this this studio based in Britain is now Sony's largest Britain-based studio. And my question here for you, Kyle, is what... So it's A, funny, because we talked about how crazy would it be uh, a Horizon Zero Dawn or a Horizon uh, VR game and what that would look like. So I don't want to retouch on that. I think it's cool. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting. Go for it. But I want to know from you, Kyle, what your thoughts are on the 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 multiplayer game that is rumored to be mm. in development where it's massive in size and ever changing environments what and a do you, games as service and a games as service and possibly free to play what does that make you feel as the more traditional PlayStation gamer give me the single player experiences does this does this alarm you or does this say okay well there's something different in this lineup here um, I think it's super smart for Sony to have a game like that um, mm-hmm. on their in their library, similar to how like they've been riding uh, the coattails of like Warframe when it comes to like free to play since PS4 launched. Yes, and that game is still kicking and doing great for them. Um, I think I think that's a great move to have a genre like this in their lineup for sure. Not mm-hmm. something that I am entirely excited about. Yeah. Um. Just because that's the way I am, and I, it makes me sad that we're not getting single player story driven first person shooters really much anymore. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. if at ever, really. Um. So that is a bummer. But I am I am way more intrigued about their narrative dark story driven game. Yeah. Um. Uh, that sounds awesome. Now, Mike, my, my, for me, thinking about this free to play game. Right. There's nothing much to go off of, but I would actually say I would actually want this game to be on not just PlayStation 4, not just PlayStation 5, not just PC. I would want to see this game on Xbox. It does say multi-platform, right? When I was reading that. Yeah, because for for me, I think it like multiplayer games with the exception of like Halo really don't do all that well. Like if they're an exclusive, they kind of like they they have their popularity for a few months and then they kind of wither and die out. Like mm-hmm. I, as much as I love Gears Five, I can't find a lobby to save my life. So for me, I'm like, don't don't just hold it to one platform. I want this thing to be everywhere, and maybe even convince an Xbox person or two going, oh man, if this this is great here, maybe I'll go out there and check out a PlayStation Four or Five. So for me, I I say go. Ch- Go do it. Make this thing multi-platform because I think that's going to only serve the player base of this eventual game more than anything. Question. Kyle, yeah, for, yeah, go for it. What if this is SOCOM? What if oh. SOCOM's the free-to-play? <laughs> give me it. I don't care. I know there are going to be people like, no, give me that although, story. Although it did say it was a new IP, so yeah. it's not SOCOM. But. Yeah. For me, like, I, I want to know what your thoughts are about this Fire Sprite acquisition because we know nothing of this company right other than they've made the persistence I did a quick google persistence yeah. came out last spring mm-hmm. got around the eighth range on, on metacritic although there weren't a whole lot of reviews because it is a vr game mm-hmm. um and like i'm familiar with the playroom series because they came packed in 
yeah. on PS4 and had a great time with them, honestly. Um, but I don't know how much or don't know much after that. And uh, when you saying like they're a huge team, like 250, almost it's shocking. going for 300. Yeah, that's uh it's pretty exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it means they're they're already ready working on something or multiple things as as it seems. Um and they're ready to go. And hopefully this thing is coming out sooner rather than later. It does it does shock me a bit because that is a big acquisition. You're talking about like 200 Huge. plus people that you're picking yeah. up. That's a multi-million dollar deal. So whatever they're signing, PlayStation has to be amped about whatever they're creating and have faith in that thing that they're creating because they, the thing isn't even out to market yet. And so they're just like, yeah, let's buy it. <laughs> yeah. I, and That's the thing I, that I, excites me, man. And I, I think it's smart. Like if they are known for making VR things mm-hmm. like and VR two is coming out, why not have a studio that is going to be dedicated or at least yes. part of the team to make VR exclusive stuff? I think that's smart. Mm-hmm. That in Studio London or London Studios, whatever it is, like yeah. that'd be that's a good one-two punch. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, that's the thing that does excite me about Fire Sprite is like if you're working on you know VR games as well as you're free to play as well as you're narrative driven, it really does seem like what Sony's doing with this generation and going forward is like here's multiple teams. You're working on multiple stuff at once, like taking a look at Insomniac. They're making a Wolverine. They're making a Spider-Man game right after they made a Ratchet and Clank game. And right before they made a Spider-Man Miles Morales game. And then they remastered Spider-Man. So, like, mm-hmm. it really seems like PlayStation's kind of going on all cylinders here. It's just we haven't seen it yet. It's like the oven's going. It, it's it was preheating before and now we're baking something it's very it's very close to the promise that that happened at the end of the xbox showcase mm. in, uh, during e3 where they showed that roadmap roadmap of every month you're getting an xbox exclusive game yeah for you to play and sony is quietly picking up these teams to make that even as uh, try to make that as close as possible Mm-hmm. Uh, to have a, an exclusive out every couple months uh, or, every and, quarter. And to, or every quarter like and to hit those markers because like this year has been returnal and ratchet mm-hmm. and death loop now like that's that, right. that that's a that's a that's a big gap yeah and yeah. and and i and i think when we take a look at like 2022 you know you take a look at like horizon uh gran turismo god of war uh, for spoken and you're like okay that's a pretty good list and i know there's like one or two others that i, I that's that's not coming to mind but like that's a pretty good list of games right there cool yeah. i'm excited but yeah. yeah you're right like seeing them hire all these teams have these acquisitions they may not be as sexy as like a bethesda for sure but it's it's something that is really interesting to see it's going to be years in the making until we see what comes to all these it's it's also really interesting how this industry operates because a lot of people were from another studio that was disbanded under sony and now they're back and it seems like you know papa zoni wasted a few bucks there but again it's it's exciting to see i can't wait 
until we see not just from Sp- uh, Fire Sprite and their first party, but see what's out of X Dev, seeing what's out of you know uh, Firewalk Studios and Haven and Haven. Like that's what I'm I'm really interested to see yeah. that that big showcase that we're all. And uh, of. I it used to in the, in the last couple of months be like, hey Herman, it's time. Where's the date for Horizon? Now it's hey Jim. Where's that blue point acquisition? That's right. <laughs> Jim, let's uh let's not let these guys go too far. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. wrap them up because that if they could also get blue point, yeah. Within like the Daddy next song. 6 months or so, what a team. Yes. What a PlayStation Studios mm-hmm. lineup. Like, cool oh, man. Whew. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. The future is bright for PlayStation. That is for sure, sir. But you know what? It's also Right for the PlayStation Productions. Ooh. See that? Justin. Yeah, I did. Justin Kroll over at Deadline writes Anthony Mackie to star as John Doe in live action Twisted Metal series from Sony TV and PlayStation Productions. After recently being named the next Captain America, spoilers, Anthony Mackie looks to have found his next juicy role to sink his teeth into. Sources tell Deadline that Mackie is set to star in an executive produced Sony Pictures Television and PlayStation Productions Twisted Metal, a live action adaptation of the popular video game. Mackie will play the lead role of John Doe in the half hour live action TV series. And insiders say Sony TV and PlayStation Productions are extremely high on the package and a plan is in the works to take it to buyers soon. Quote, we're thrilled to have Anthony Mackie on board. His ability to blend comedy, action and drama is perfect for the twisted world we're creating, said Asad Kizilbash, head of PlayStation Productions. Twisted Metal is a high octane action comedy based on an original take by Deadpool scribes, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick about a motor mouth outsider offered a chance at a better life, but only if he can successfully deliver a mysterious package across a post-apocalyptic wasteland. With the help of a trigger-happy car thief, he'll face savage marauders driving vehicles of destruction and other dangers of the, of the open road, including a deranged clown who drives an all-too-familiar ice cream truck. Not gonna lie, this description kind of sold me on the show. <laughs> Twisted Metal at its core is yeah. super intriguing. Yeah. Like, the I don't know, have you ever played Black? I played Twisted Metal not for the story, Kyle. Okay, just to have fun. Just to I have mean, fun, sure. bullshit, yeah. multiplayer, yeah. Black gets very deep. Okay. Each character has an arc where it's very... I forgot the guy who runs the tournament. I forgot mm-hmm. what his name was. But each character had something awful happen to them. Mm-hmm. And that is why they're in this tournament. to Because the guy running it has the power to grant you whatever wish you want. Okay. And to reverse anything. But it's that kind of thing of where you wish for like your daughter to come back after Mm -hmm. she, she died, passed away. Uh, She'll come back, but then you'll die. It's like a a catch 22 kind of thing. Okay. Like it's very dark. It's very deep. These characters, some of them have really awesome character arcs. Mm -hmm. So it just, it lends itself well to a TV show or a movie. I feel like, and uh, I'm, I love Anthony Mackie. Yeah. So like, I'm, I'm excited. Honestly, God, like, so, First off, this sounds like Mad Max, but if the Deadpool writers wrote it. And so seeing that you have a cool premise, not going to lie to you, uh, Deadpool writers, which are fantastic. I love Deadpool's humor. Anthony Mackie, who is a goddamn gem to watch on, on, on the screen, as well as him executive producing it. 
that's awesome. This all spells out to me we're going to have a really fun show. And knowing, with all the leaks and whatnot about Twisted Metal, it's going to have a game attached. I'm also very excited about this. So this is just fun news all around. And I'm yeah. really... I'm I'm really curious to see where the Twisted Metal show lands and where The Last of Us lands. Because with both these shows, or well, with Last of Us right now, that's $10 million an episode. Ooh, like, boy. they know this thing's going to take off. And yeah. so to have the same, or not same, but the similar confidence with this show, it gets me pumped, dude. Yeah, for sure. With that, we got a bit of flash news here, Kyle. All right, you ready for this? I'm ready. <sighs> Sad one. Battlefield 2042. Delayed until November 19th. Hashtag EA's dead. <laughs> what was it previously? Uh, it was October 26th. Oh, that's not too bad. No, it's not. And please don't give people gruff. I saw Andy McAmara, like say, please stop. <laughs> please stop being mean to people. Did Please. you know uh, mm. on at GameStop it's getting its uh, a steelbook <gasps> at GameStop? Oh, just uh, just letting you know if you pre-order okay. it there, you'll get a uh, steelbook. I think. Well, I don't know if I can because apparently the game's dead now. That said, <laughs> Dying Light Two is also delayed till February fifth, and I wrote here on the notes: Horizon, Ugh. Destiny expansion, Sifu, Saints Row. And a few days prior to this game is Elden Ring. So it's like, I feel like they delayed it to get out of the way of Halo, which rightfully sure. so. Rightfully so. I really feel like Microsoft did them dirty with with that reveal. And but that's pretty close to the first game's release date? It, was the it first January? game is in January, yeah. And so it's kind of like the, it's kind of like you're screwed either way because you're in the middle now of all these other big games and big media blitzes and marketing blitzes or you're right next to halo yeah i got honestly i got tired my body physically like <laughs> dropped all those games yeah it's it's a next year's gonna be wild yeah absolutely and this year was is still same really i'm i'm running into that right now when mm-hmm. i don't turn on my ps5 there's like five games i want to play oh oh geez oh geez and speaking of games we've been playing, it's time for what you've been playing, Deathloop Edition. I do want everybody to know that before we get into this, and before I screw up all these screens, right there you go. Look at this video viewers. Look at this. Editing at its best. Um, this code was provided by Bethesda. And for video watchers, the thing you're watching right now is just out of the state of play on loop. So there's no spoilers whatsoever. But again, code provided by Bethesda. So you could take all the words I say out of grain of salt. But I want to talk about this game really bad, Kyle, because I've been playing it for the past five days now. And I'm in a loop myself, Kyle, because I go to work. I come back. I play this game. Go to sleep. Go to work. Play this game. Go to sleep. Go to work. (laughs) It sounds like my experience with Hades when I was deep in it. I get it. And Kyle, stop me whenever you have a question because there are so many moving parts to this game and I'm going to get giddy excited talking about it. So let's first talk about story. You are stuck in a total non-spoilers. You are stuck on an island. You are in a Groundhog's Day position where you are playing the same day 
over and over on repeat. When you die or you fall asleep, you are waking up back in this island. But you already know that because of all the state of plays that have yeah. explained that. That said, you're playing as Colt, the protagonist, or you could play as Juliana, the antagonist, in a kind of Soulsborne-like invasion system where Juliana is here to stop Colt, kill him from trying to break the loop, which is him killing all these visionaries. There's eight of them that run this island, and if they all die in that day period, then the loop is broken. Colt's here to break it. Juliana's here to protect it. And right off the bat, 95% of the dialogue that you're going to get in this game is from Colt and Juliana, of which both of them have some of the best performances in a video game, period. Sweet. I mean, this rivals what we saw last year with Last of Us. Different type of range, different type of stories for sure. But immediately, Kyle, within the first 15 minutes, I fell in love with Colt. He just has such an awesome personality to him. He is such a like shoot first, ask questions later type of guy. There is nobody, Earthy Cheese's mom, please cover your ears, that says motherfucker better than Colt <laughs> other than Samuel L. Jackson. Every line, every little bit of emotion, every grunt, every shot that he takes, you believe him. And equally so for Juliana. Their chemistry is just so freaking phenomenal i've never seen any I've, I've never seen anything like it in a game again since like last of us with joel and ellie this time it's very antagonistic it's, it's kind of like you really want to know what relationship these two have you really want to know why they don't like each other and what led them to despise each other and why juliana is hunting you down it so is yeah, go yeah. for it. I'll hop in right now. Uh, part of that gameplay and the promise that Arcane gave to us with uh, with the many Deathloop trailers. Yes. Um, you can play as Colt. Uh, as Colt. Mm -hmm. You can also play as Juliana and yeah. hop in to other people's worlds and, and try to stop Colt from doing what he's got to do. Right. Have you messed with playing as Juliana a bunch? And do they feel different? So here's... Style? Excellent. Excellent question. So, no. Juliana is going to feel exactly the same as Colt, at least in my experiences. I've only played as her once or twice because mm -hmm. playing as Colt is... I, I like being on the defense where someone invades. You'll hear like a chime and Juliana will chime in going, hey, I'm here type of, type of jazz. Similar are they to, tied to trophies playing as her? Yes. Yes, they okay. are. You got to okay. kill a Colt. And you could also play it with your friends as well. So you could only oh, do it sweet. where you're invading your friends or uh, global online. The cool thing is the this game is really made for the multiplayer element. If you're playing this game single player, I do think you're doing yourself a disservice because that's where things get really interesting. So to answer your question, I have to kind of talk about the combat in a sense and the level mm -hmm. design. So... The thing about each level is there's only four levels in this game, Kyle. Okay. And you go, only four levels? What does... Really? But think of it kind of like a Hitman game in terms of how you're navigating each level and how every level feels. So they're huge, they're vast, and you can do so much in a given time. That being said, there's also uh, morning, noon, afternoon, 
and night segments that actually change the map from different patrols on the map to actually different portions of the map being brought back to life or just portions of the map being destroyed or having snow covered mountains. It changes sporadically. So it's technically like there's 16 maps in four maps, if that makes any sense. Yeah, sure. So the AI itself, when we get to the, to the combat portion, it's a lot of risk reward. It's a lot, it's a lot of thoughtful actions rather than just running and gunning. You could run and gun. It's really fun, but it really rewards you for being tactical and thoughtful with your approach. Even when you're about to run in blazing, you want to plan out your path because if you die, you have three chances. If you die three times in a level, you lose all your stuff. So it has roguelite elements like akin to a returnal. And so the AI itself is really challenging, to be honest. Uh, one reviewer did say it pretty accurately. I think for the most part, the AI are dumb sack of bricks, sack of potatoes. And I think to me, a lot of the times when I'm being trying to be stealthy, the line of sight sometimes gets broken where I'm on the roof and someone's in a building and they somehow spot me. Uh. And it makes zero sense. So that's pretty much the only downside I have for this game. But where it gets interesting is when you're plotting out where you want to go next and Juliana invades, she can mess with you. She can alert people to where you are. So, yeah, she does play a little differently from Cole. Um, And she very much messes with your plan. So now you have to kind of think on the fly. And it's kind of a fight or flight situation where in order to get out, uh, an exit out of the, the level, you actually have to hack a satellite dish that's in the middle of the map. So it's like, they really want you to fight Juliana. So you could fight her, kill her, get her abilities as well. Cause there's powers in this game. Um, you can hack the satellite and just get out of there, or you could still carry on with your assassination, be stealthy, kill who you're trying to kill and then get out of that map and evade Juliana entirely. That's what happened to me. Once we were in a firefight I almost killed her. She ran away. And I was like, okay, what do I do here? Do I do I just carry on with the mission? And I did. And there was this high risk because at any moment, Juliana could have came in and tried to mess with me with the AI at her disposal this time, but she never Is, could get me. And that's what Are there really like um in-game cues for you to know like when she's near? So like what during that mission were you getting like like yeah. was the music get louder when yes. she got closer M- music will play you'll hear you'll hear her snicker and her footsteps as well and then you'll hear music play when you're in a fight as well okay, okay. so yeah you'll know when she invades for sure and the cool thing about this as well it's kind of like they learned they learned the hitman approach this is very much a hitman game this is an assassination game this is a puzzle game disguised as a shooter right because it really is about solving puzzles with guns and then it gives you roguelike elements that you'd see in a Hades or you see in a in a Returnal where, yeah, you can, you know, take get get currency to keep certain items. And there's a high risk, high reward for getting those that currency um, and to upgrade Colt as well. And then there's the dishonored, you know, abilities that you have. Like my favorite is the teleport ability where I could just, you know, zip, zap, zoop anywhere. And my personal favorite. 
There is one where I link enemies' consciences together. I saw that in a couple of the reviews. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Kyle, I linked 10 people. I Ooh. shot one in the head and they all died. And wow. there's a certain bit of power to that. There's yeah, a right? certain bit of like, oh my God. It, Are there. Fantastic. You said you'd link 10. Is there yeah. limitations to range? Do they have to be a certain close time to limit. each other? Very. They have to be close to each other. You can upgrade this ability as well. So okay. the visionaries that you're trying to hunt down drop these abilities. And the more times you kill them, the more upgrades you get for your abilities as well. Okay. So, yeah, you can upgrade them over time as well. And I absolutely adore the powers and the weapons in this game that they give you are all super unique. Like, I was running and gunning, or no, sorry, I wasn't running and gunning. I was playing the game like James Bond because I had a silenced pistol. But then they offered me a literal nail gun with exploding nails (laughs) where I could shoot some guy. How could you say no? Exactly. He explode. And then I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be death from above. That's what I'm going to do. And the weapons just have so much variety to them. They all do really unique things. Like, there's one gun that looks like the E-11, which is the Stormtrooper blaster, but it has two clips on the side, and its special ability is it can continue shooting as you're reloading. So one mag empties, it just shoots out, and you're emptying the other mag and you're loading it back in. It's super cool. cool. Yeah, there's like a shotgun that looks like uh, an old 19, uh, like World War II or World War I, like aircraft, you know, anti-air gun. Mm-hmm. Um, which is super cool. All these guns and abilities. They, se- they sound cool. Yeah. They, I'm sure they look cool. They How look does great. it feel, Joe? This is a great question. So the sounds in this game, guns sound amazing. Sounds, yeah. every sound in this game, great. Here's the downfall. Adaptive triggers every gun, for the most part, feels the same. Okay. Bummer. Big bummer. Because there's a lot of unique weaponry here. On the same exact time, though, haptic feedback feels good. So on the haptics in in adaptive trigger point, it's all right. But really where you want to take advantage of this game is in the 3D audio. Get yourself some headphones. Play this game with headphones. You're not going to regret it. Um, I am three-fourths into this game. And I have to say that the story is the thing that is keeping me going back. Not to say that the gameplay is bad because it's great. If you love Hitman... If you love games like that, this game is 100% Arcane's take on what a Hitman game is. And only they can do it because their level design is unlike any other studio out there and their approach to it. Um, This game is one of the best games I've played this year. And honest to goodness, Kyle, this game is going to... This game is going to make Game of the Year very interesting. Because I giggle with excitement with some of the things I do in this game. And other times... Mm -hmm. There's big lulls where I'm kind of bored. But at the end of the day, if the only thing I could say is that the AI are dumb, dumb idiots, and that's it. Yeah. I'm having a blast here, Kyle. I that's really great. am. This is this is a game I've been very excited for, and I'm very happy how well it's doing or how well it's being received. That's for sure. That's amazing. Uh, before we, we move on, I, there were a couple other questions that popped in. Please. Um Back to the Juliana and other players invading your game. Yeah. The only other game where I've allowed that to happen was in Watch Dogs. Mm -hmm. And it got overwhelming very quickly because I was constantly being invaded. Mm. When you defeat Juliana, are you good? You good for a loop? 
You're good for, you're good for, I, I feel a loop. You're okay. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not like you're going to kill her and then five minutes go by and another player is coming. No, no. Once you're in that level, Thank you goodness. kill her. She's she's Thank done for goodness. that loop. And then, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she has to be done for the loop. So, yeah, that's never happened to me where I'm in the same, like, mm. lifespan or the same day. I, I kill her yeah, once. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, the second question is, I love hearing that Colt and Juliana are amazing performances and characters themselves. Yeah. How about these different visionaries? Are they different enough? Oh, oh, yes. Are they evil enough? Yes. Okay, great question. Also, I know people are going to be like, when you say relationship, are you saying that there could be a sexual element to their relationship? And it's funny because they play on that in the first five seconds oh, of the do game. They? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No spoilers there, but like they they crack wise to it. Like we're cracking wise to it. So, um, and again, their relationship it's like it's really interesting because it seems like something has happened where like they used to be buddies and something yeah. went wrong here. And I really want to know what. Uh, but the visionaries themselves, Kyle, my God, they are some of the funniest voice acting ever like they're quirky they're crazy the dialogue between them is so interesting and yes some of them are just complete well they're all complete psychopaths but like their own type of crazy like one guy's obsessed with D and has made a warehouse about this whole D that he's made oh yes yeah okay. one guy just wants a party one guy's the rocker one person's the scientist and they all do unique things as well so one of them you have to find out which one is which uh, like like who is the the visionary and is that, all is the that not fun like is that oh. not fun like doing recon and, and 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 figuring out where they're going to be and and does the game remember that for you or do yes. i need a note, notepad no like no no down? you don't need a notepad at all so okay. like there's one visionary where like the interesting thing is you gotta kill them silently because if you alert they have duplicated themselves and so if you alert one you've alerted all of them and they will uh. kill the shit out of you so they're okay. all unique, they're all crazy, and the dialogue between them is hilarious. I love it. That's awesome. That's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, the the last thing, and uh, not to be like too spoilery, yeah. uh, with it. I know in one of the state of plays or mm-hmm. trailers that we've seen, as Colt is running around, there are like golden words, like in the environment everywhere. Right Kyle, is that just Colt's inner thoughts? Or is there something more to it? There's something more to it. That's all Sweet. I can say. That's good. And they're I, also great. Because <laughs> they, sometimes they're saying what you're thinking. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, a, a thing that I really, it, I struggled with, with Dishonored, and Go I think it. a lot of just Bethesda-style games in general, is I feel like I'm walking around and picking up everything inventory-wise. Yes. And, like, not using it, whatever. Are there a lot of like useless things to pick up? Yes, but for a reason, because you're going to use that for the currency that you're going to keep weapons and stuff. This game has a lot of systems that it wants to teach you in the first three hours. And you kind of have to be, be wary of that. There's a lot of systems here at play and they're going to teach you each. It's kind of like a JRPG in that respect. A lot of menus you're going to learn, but once you learn them, Oh, and it clicks. It feels great. I cannot recommend this game enough. Like, this game could end and you're actually a ham sandwich. And like I'd be like, you sold me, Colt. You, 
Your ham so, sandwich. Here's where I yell at my local GameStop because I'm oh, supposed to have been playing this game already, but they miscounted the number of copies that they got, and they sold my pre-order copy to somebody. We'll and it. now I have to wait for my copy to be shipped from a store in New York we'll City out to my store. Don't worry, we're just God, I want to play it so bad. It's really good, man. I I'm really I can't wait. I'm I can't really wait. excited my, uh, to to really just dive in deeper with you on yeah. this road to greatness. Yeah. That's for sure because mm-hmm. it's so freaking good. Okay. All right. From all all everything you just said and from the reviews I've watched and yeah. whatnot. Xbox, you bought one hell of a studio. Seriously, they really <laughs> like, have. Man, Arc- I know Arcane's great from Dishonored 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and Prey as well, I think, is pretty good. Yeah. Just like, what a buy. What a uh, buy. Honest to goodness. It's, yeah. And I'm just as- happy we are blessed with the ability to play a game <laughs> on PS5 from them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag Blast. And, and honestly, it, it this is this is probably their best work so far like as as much as i love dishonored there's always something that like gets me yeah. turned off to it like with this game they don't punish you for killing everyone in fact they encourage it so like like the inner monologue stuff there's one where it's like kill every mother effer <laughs> it's like <laughs> all right cool i will it's um where in like dishonored it's like no disease will spread so you have to be you know thoughtful in that approach yeah. Here it's it's now just wing it. <laughs> I love it. That's so, awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. With that said, Kyle, it is time. Are you holding on to something? Yes. Prepare the drop. Here are the latest steals and deals dropping into the PlayStation storefront. Life is Strange True Colors has already come out on PlayStation 4, PS5, uh, September 10th. Again, it's already out. Lost in Random, PS5, PS4. I have not heard much of this game. I have it downloaded. Okay. Uh, this, I I played the preview and I love what I played. I'm excited to dive in fully. Absolutely. NBA 2K22, PS4 and PS5. Not great. <laughs> I'm not having a great time with it. <laughs> Tales of Arise or Arise? I don't know which one's which. Arise. PS4, PS5. Um, I tried it, guys. I tried. I really did. That's a, that's a, a Kai Kai S for that game for Christmas. Okay. Game. Okay. Definitely. Not enough time to play it right now. <laughs> that's what Life is Strange is right now. I think that's a Black Friday sale. I'm just I'm waiting for the those remastered ones to come out because I haven't played fair. any of them. So. Yeah, fair. We of course we got Deathloop. We just uh, we just had a whole segment for uh, Origami. This is like a ninja stealth game. Uh, comes out on the 17th. So that's what you're you can look forward to this week on PlayStation. And now it is time, Kyle, for a little segment we like to call. The Sony Pony Express. Yeah, that's right, that's right. You can send your questions over to PS Trophy Room on Twitter. You can send us questions over at the Trophy Room Discord server, or you can even email us like someone did. We'll get to that question later because what a I know it's crazy. It's a crazy question. That said, TPR writes in Kyle Joe with Wolverine. Basically locking in an M rating with the mature tone comments earlier this week. And the game written by the Spec Ops, the line lead writer. Oh, my God. I did not even know that. I'm hyped. Oh, boy. Oh, oh boy. boy. 
I think this is the first time we've seen Insomniac venture into the gritty, bloody, and harsh game since Resistance. What are you both looking for Insomniac to leverage with the mature atmosphere of a Wolverine game? I personally want to see more brutal animations and grueling set pieces with no punches pulled. I cannot wait. Curious to hear your thoughts. And I'm going to double back off that question with Clear Wings XYX. They say, what would you prefer that a Wolverine game be more like? An Arkham game or a God of War uh, or more like God of War in gameplay or something else. What would you want to see, Kyle, out of a Wolverine game? Now that we know it's real, it exists, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what do you want to see? Part of me just wants to say, give me Logan in game form. <laughs> yes. Just give me that storyline. Although, in some ways, it's very Last of Us-esque. Mm. Um, but I do want a story about Logan either figuring out who did this to him mm-hmm. or him and a younger mutant that he is fostering, whether or not it is uh, X-23 or a different different character that's a kid. Mm-hmm. And it's like a – just give me Last of Us, really, now that I'm thinking <laughs> about it. Like right. adult and, and child kind of thing. Um, as far as gameplay goes – I, I I think God of War would fit it very well. How so? Something that's in your in your face, close, mm. brutal. Arkham, the Arkham games, I feel is too fast. I want mm. my Wolverine to feel like he is strong and sturdy, mm. uh, and and he can get in there and lay the punches with the claws and whatnot. Like him jumping around and and flipping over people and, right. and countering and whatnot. I don't know if that would gel well. So I said something pretty, pretty wild. Um, when I was on DLC, uh, they, they, someone asked a similar thing and I said something along the lines of you can't, this game's pinned between a rock and a hard place in terms of what does this game need to be? It can't be an Arkham game. It can't really be a Spider-Man game. Those games are too similar and that'd be too similar for them. Right, this game needs to feel different. The one game that I want to equate it to is a known quantity we know and one we don't right now. So I would want to see something Hotline Miami esque, AAA, of of AAA uh, uh, scope, with what we've seen from Sifu right now, where it is oh, close. Yeah. It is about getting from one hallway to one room, and you're just brutalizing everybody in your path. So, yeah, that's the thing, right? Because if you are going against these regular dudes in a bar, and you're Wolverine with adamantium claws, Mm -hmm. I don't want to see a health bar over that guy's head. Yeah, I want to see Logan literally covered in blood. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. I want to see muscle. I want to see shirts off, you know, wow, wow, wow. Um, that's what I want to see. I, I want to see that regeneration that, you know, we see in the movies and display here. And I think that's the way you get it. And I love like the tone. Yeah. Bloody harsh. Again, like we said in the live show, we often think of, of Ratchet and Clank as like the silly slapstick humor, like in a Ratchet and Clank or even Spider-Man. Even Spidey. Yeah. But, like, when you take a look at a game like Sunset Overdrive or Resistance, you can see that they can do 
the nitty and the gritty as well. So I like I like that tone here. My one question for you, Kyle, do does it bum you out? I, I've heard some people go like, is, is Insomniac just going to be a Marvel studio now? Like, they're just going to do Marvel properties? Does it not bum uh, you out that you're not getting a resistance or who knows oh, if a Ratchet and Clank? It, it 100% bums me out that resistance isn't coming first or before mm-hmm. Wolverine. But I honestly would not be upset if Insomniac makes a lot of the Marvel games for Sony. Because I, I, their track record with Spidey and Miles mm-hmm. is pretty damn great. And mm-hmm. they know how to tackle those IP with established characters. And, and I think the thing that a lot of people forget is they probably had to pitch this against other studios for a Wolverine game. Not and Mar and Marvel looked at their pitch and like you know what, we love the direction you're going with this and you've done great with Spider Man and Miles, just here do it again kind of thing. Like yeah. Marvel wants to diversify and give properties to different studios and whatnot, but like why not give it to Insomnia because they've done nothing to stray from from their idea of making their properties into good things, not the. Yeah. Che- the the cheap cheesy tie-in games that we were getting yeah and I, and I think like if you're marvel you take a look at marvel's avengers and you take a look at spider-man and what happens when a game is critically revered and fans love it and you see that response from spider-man and then you see what's happened to avengers and like there was there's like a couple thousand people playing it on Steam. That's not a good look. It's 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 Avengers. And then when you take a look at like a game like, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy from Square, and you, uh, people a lot of people are giving it the same energy they're giving Avengers. It's like, I don't I don't expect that game to do well. I actually expect Guardians to flop, just like Avengers. <laughs> That's a sad thing to say. So to me, or a sad thing to think. So for me, if I'm Marvel, yeah, I'm giving it to Insomniac. And who cares if it's on one platform? Because you've shown that you could print me money. So, yeah, let's keep this partnership alive and well. So, for me, I, I, I see it as Marvel being like, all right, we're, we tried with this Avengers thing. We're going to try it again with, you know, Midnight Suns. But what we have right now is working here. And I would say to argue the point that people are worried about Insomniac Games is this is a game that they pitched. Yeah. This is a game that they wanted to make. And a story they wanted a to tell. a Wolverine game. Exactly. So, to me, I'm I am i I'm fine. I know there's going to be another Ratchet. I know yeah. that there's going to be, you know, a resistance one day. Gosh darn it. But to <laughs> But to me, I I I don't mind it one bit. Uh awesome Dave writes in with Kotor Knights of the Old Republic, being an exclusive to PS5 in some way, do you think this could be the beginning of PlayStation trying to ensure this generation is as strong as the last generation? But the PlayStation 4 was a real, mm, why do you do this, uh, banger, and there has been a lot of discussion about them repeating mistakes from the PS3 generation. It's a great point. Actually, awesome, Dave. A very great point. I would throw in an adjective that is overused, but I won't. And I will say this. KOTOR being exclusive in any which way to PlayStation is a huge gut punch to Xbox, man. They're, yeah. Uh, this, this game was an Xbox exclusive for the longest time. 
until again it got ported to like iPad and PC and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. So for it to show up on the PlayStation stage is one thing. To have this questionable exclusivity, like we don't know how long it is. It could be three months, six months, a year, two years. We don't know how long the exclusive window is for this game. It's, it's the same same verbiage, at least from the trailer, that Final Fantasy sixteen was. Yeah. Or, or no, excuse me, the Forspoken one, made from the ground up for PS5. Mm-hmm. And so, what does that mean? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what does that mean? So, to me, this is them, yeah, being like, okay, we have to broaden out our portfolio some way, somehow. This is how I think we're going to do it, approach. Um, what What are your thoughts on uh, on kotor being an exclusive to playstation 5 in some way shape or form like i yeah does this kind of bum you out because yeah it kind of does leave people out in the cold that really love this game or i don't know what are your feelings i mean i 100 get that feeling but i was here on this very show last year very upset that bethesda is bought by xbox yeah. um so like it it's a thing that happens um I will just play it on the Xbox platform, like the next Wolfenstein or mm-hmm. Indiana Jones, whatever that next or Starfield. Like I will play that on Xbox. Um, but like, I think this is smart to have KOTOR here on PS5. Shut up, Jiminy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was good for a long time. We it just was. hopped in right now. Yeah. Uh, I think the a big part of that showcase uh, last, was it last week? Or yes. I know it's been times an enigma. Um, Something that I think a lot of people forgot, and we said it after the show. There were two former Xbox exclusive games that were shown on the PlayStation stage. For the first time, PlayStation gamers are going to be able to play KOTOR and Alan Alan Wake. Wake, I think that's huge. I don't mind PlayStation doing these exclusive things because it's giving giving me more of a reason to play my PlayStation and stay in that ecosystem. Cause we've talked about it before. Like, what are you going to do to reward me as a gamer? Who's been in your ecosystem kind of thing. People are weak. Is what yeah. I learned. Here's the yeah. thing. A lot of people are like, you know, talking about ghost of Tsushima, uh, with the director's cut. They're like, Oh, they're really, they're really mistreating their fans, which truthfully, I think it should have been a free update, right? Sure. The, the hell $10 update uh, upgrade. I, I definitely feel like it should be free. I'm not arguing for yeah. it, but the reality is consumers didn't care, and Ghost of Tsushima was number two in the August sales charts. Think about that. It's only on two platforms. It's been out for a year, and it's mm-hmm. re-released, more expensive SKU is the top, one of the top-selling games, and it only had like six days to perform those numbers. So, yeah. th- you know, things like that make sense business-wise. Same with the KOTOR being locked away with an exclusive. My brother saw that and his whole group, his whole star Wars group are now trying to find PlayStation fives. Yeah. It's, it's this, it's got the, that spidey power mm-hmm. of Spider-Man only on PlayStation four. People went out and bought a PS four and yeah. you had in that showcase, not only KOTOR, but a second Spider-Man and a Wolverine, another major IP character. It's going to bring people into PlayStation ecosystem and buy consoles. I think that's so powerful and such a power move by Sony. Absolutely. Now, Jedi Master Ren goes, here we go. 
KOTOR Remake, real-time or or strategic combat, what's your preference? I personally think adopting the real-time combat the way Final Fantasy VII Remake would be a great way to introduce the players to new players like myself. I know guys, that's crazy. Yeah. So Jedi Master Ren, I'm on the same boat as you are, man. First off, you know, Jedi Master Ren and I huge Star Wars fans. So I'm all in just like Ren is. And we're on the same brain length here. I, I want, when I'm thinking of this game, I'm thinking final final fantasy seven remake just makes sense. Cause you're keeping the same germ that that game is, which is, you know, if y'all don't know, uh, KOTOR is a, um, turn-based strategy game or turn-based rpg sorry and so like you're still keeping that same germ but also at the same exact time having that real-time element of slashing and dashing and all that without it feeling too much like fallen order so to me i actually think it's a it's a perfect middle ground right there but it's gonna be like four or five years until we see it so yeah what about you kyle yeah give, give me ff7 remake vibes all day, yeah. every day. I think that would be super smart, and uh, I think that's the way to go, honestly, because that yeah. type of gameplay is super fun. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Jiminy also has his thoughts. We'll kill him one day. I hate him. <laughs> Dwani uh, Raksha writes in, I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name. How many runs did that Hades Platinum take, Mr. K-Step? I'm at 105, 16 clears, and 69%. And nice of the trophies. How many runs did it take you? How long? Uh, off the top of my head, I don't know, but it was around the 105, 110-ish. Okay. Um, the main thing you have to do, and Jiminy can agree because he was with me the entire time. Let's <laughs> um, say he's reminding me to say it. Yeah. The, you make sure you talk to everybody okay. after every single death and return back into the underworld. If they have that yellow exclamation point over their head, you better talk to them. Okay. Uh, always go into the, the shopkeeper and um, always try to get as much ambrosia as possible. Not ambrosia. Um, oh my God. The other liquid. Yeah. They give to gifts. I forgot what that was called. That's I think called. it's ambrosia. is the bigger one. The, the more heavy duty one that you get after the third yeah. boss, I think. Anyway, you need those. Start giving them to all the gods mm. uh, and every character that you, you can see. Uh, okay. Always make sure you have a steady supply of them because um, that is where I ran into a little bit of some trouble. And I had to farm it for a while because I did not take those doors mm. right when so i would i prioritize getting treasure trading that treasure in for keys and then mm. using those keys to get that liquid in the shop and kind of stack stack up there and talk to everybody and eventually things will align and you'll get some new uh prophecies that you have to do okay and it, it it'll get the ball rolling but uh it's it's a great time it's very rewarding uh the stories where that goes is really, really, really cool. That's awesome. Now, they also ask, for a more relevant podcast question, is there anything else coming out in 2021 which either of you can think of that can knock Deathloop or Returnal for Goaty? Uh Kina or Ghost Runner look great, but not sure they'll be in the same league. I've been up a while. Sorry if I forgot an obvious you're one. You're good. Oh, you're good. I can't think of what, yeah, what would be another one? I mean, Kana's Kena is got there. a chance. Yeah. 
Um, also, I like they're very they're very confident on Returnal. I feel like our audience like Returnal is it. Returnal's pretty damn good. Yeah. So I'm 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 very surprised of where it stands in our community because like I still don't know I still don't know what my goatee is right now my game of the year 2021. But- yeah, it's 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 definitely after not playing Deathloop yet, it is a three headed race of mm-hmm. Returnal, Ratchet, and um, oh my god. You know, blessing from the uh, show. Two headed sp- race. <laughs> <laughs> blessing did the, the did the Spider Man meme with the three Spider Men pointing at each other, going like, "My game of the year list or my game of the year contenders: Ratchet, Returnal, Deathloop, all pointing at each other." It's like, yeah, yeah. it's been a really and, great year. And for you specifically, just for you, yeah, you love Hitman Three. Fuck yeah, man. So and that bad. was this year, so <laughs> dude. And I'm telling you, I'm like, I am. I'm telling you that it really. I think that could be the dark horse because I have so yeah, much fondness still for it. Yeah. But like, I also have a lot of fondness for Returnal, and like mm-hmm. that game also. Like both of those games mean so much to me in various ways. But I'm not gonna chicken out like last year and say both of them are game of the year. I'm gonna commit. <laughs> And this year, I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to be like, it was X game. But I need to put it more thought into it. I can't just be like, oh, I'm going to keep saying it out loud because it's not. It, it didn't help me last time. So I'm going to be really thoughtful when I say it. You're not going to know. You're not going to know until our game of the year show towards the end. Or actually, maybe the beginning of January. Give people a month to vote. But, uh, Maquette's yeah. up there, too. Oh, really? I did love Maquette. I'm just going through my mm. list. A mm. lot of cheap platinums. Uh, <laughs> you have a problem. Yeah, Maquette's <laughs> up there. Cyber Shadow was really good too. Mm, it was super difficult, but I don't think it's it's in the same Returnal Ratchet and, right. and probably Deathloop camp for me. Yeah. And of course, there's like this will only matter to PC players, but like Ugh. Emily's three. I've never been more invested in a game mm. this year than that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, man. So video so games, games, man. They're rad. Hard at it. Kyle, this question. I needed we needed to answer this question on a PlayStation show. This comes from Brandon English, who writes in via the PS Trophy Room email. And they ask us a Nintendo Switch question. How Whoa. what 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 a guy. What a dude. They ask this. Hold well, on, let me pull it out. All right, yeah, yeah, get the switch. I got my switch light. Okay, we're ready. Okay, love the podcast. Listen to at work on Spotify every week. Thank you for listening. I was thinking about the new Switch OLED that's coming out very soon. Had me wondering, seeing as lately they have had a focus on portability of the Switch with the Switch Lite and OLED. Do you think it would be acceptable for Nintendo to make a permanent console version? of the switch maybe that's 4k one with 60 fps and more power in a world that they don't make a switch pro handheld system this is where brandon loses me here thanks for all the banger episodes you guys keep up brandon i appreciate you brandon thank you for a banger of a question um they just added bluetooth they did. <laughs> this thing's been out for what four or five years, and they said Bluetooth with some restrictions. Man, Nintendo's wild. I, <laughs> I, I put out a tweet, and thank God, 
thank God this one hit because they literally, uh, th- this one was in 2021, the year of our Lord Xbox gives you cloud gaming from PC to mobile. PlayStation gives you a mobile PlayStation remote app. Meanwhile, Nintendo and it's the guys, <laughs> it's the guys uh, from the, for the trade show. The best I could do is Bluetooth. It's like, <laughs> When people say, like, oh, is this move going to hurt Sony's relationship with fans? I always just look at Nintendo and go, it absolutely won't. Because this, as long as a company will, won't will tell you to get a second job, I honestly feel they can make so many left turns. And so many people are just going to willingly bite the bullet and do it. Like, Nintendo is that prime example. That said, mm-hmm. should they make a permanent, uh, like, a console version of the Switch? No. Because the I Switch is should. all about... Well, the Switch is all about the portability. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, I get that. But if mm-hmm. you are worried... If they people are still clamoring for a 4K version mm-hmm. and it's not going to work portability-wise because for some reason that I'm not smart enough to figure out, why not have just everything in a dock that you can just stay keep at home? Mm. I just... I feel like that would be a wise solution and then yeah you take the oled on on the go but like if you want a powerful version of the switch then it's you're asking for a linked system that talks to each other i realize that will happen in 2035 (laughs) when we are when 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 nintendo finally catches on to what's happening now (laughs) they're they're that far behind it feels like so we put wireless charging in We uh, just now realized that we don't like motion controls. <laughs> you don't like them, so you know what? No more detachable controls. <laughs> Goodness gracious. <laughs> Nintendo, what a company. No, I think this, because like, if you put the portability out of Switch, what is it? It's just another console? And it's a Wii U, and nobody played the Wii U. That's how I, I see mean, it. that is totally fair. Because I, I really don't think, here's the thing, I, I actually don't think the core audience of Nintendo fans actually give a shit about 60 fps or 4k they just want to you know have an owl roommate race link jump in pipes as a plumber they everything else is just gravy and um yeah and i mean and the most important thing is games are king nintendo has the ip that you are willing to buy a console for that's in in a not very capable one even at launch, and you'll buy it and you'll love it. That's the power of Nintendo, man. Everybody, everybody discounts it and puts it on a different plane because their IP is untouchable. It's literally Mario is is I I honest to God think Mario is the modern day Mickey Mouse. And you can tell me otherwise. Parents know who who Mario is. Kids know who Mario is. They know they they get it. So yeah, Nintendo, crazy. That's been the trophy room, by the way. It's been a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players. And for the video watchers, I forgot to put it back to the normal screen. So, Kyle, (laughs) anything you'd like to spotlight before we get on out of here? Sure. You can follow me over on Twitter at Mr. KSF. Friend request me on PSN and Xbox at the same name. Um, If you want to check out all the indie game coverage that we do over at 61indie, that's spelled out S-I-X-O-N-E-I-N-D-I-E. That's the dot com. That's YouTube. That's Twitter. All the things. Go check them out over there because the team has been killing it. They really have, man. It seems like every day you guys are reviewing something new. 
Yeah. Toem, which is also you play on PlayStation, apparently Ooh. is fantastic. Um, little photography black and white game. Super cute. So, uh, yeah, go check out the review over at 61indie.com. There you go. And you can find me over at Mr. Badbit on Twitter. You can find the show at PS Trophy Room. And again, last call. Rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Get yourself entered into our Kena Bridge of Spirits giveaway that will be announced on Monday, the day before the game releases. So make sure you're following PS Trophy Room on Twitter so you know who wins, who loses, or if it was a tie. <laughs> who knows with all that said with all that out of the way i do want to thank everybody for coming out here today being amazing uh, last week was our most successful week uh on the trophy room which was no surprise because of the predictions in the showcase and we're just hashtag blessed that y'all tune in each and every week to listen to us banter about playstation we love you all so very much keep hunting keep your wits about you and keep playing PlayStation. See you guys. Love you. <laughs>